You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 296 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and we get together on a weekly basis, me and a couple of my friends, I guess, work friends, associates, whatever you want to call them. People you're stuck with. But more importantly, we have a great crew in our Discord channel, PHP Ugly discord.phpugly.com. Come join us. Hang out with us. We're in there all week. Great conversations. Friends are made. Dinners are had. All sorts of fun things happen. Somehow Discord just got second billing. And more importantly, our Patreons. Patreon.com slash phpugly. These people are very important to us. We're going to circle back around on them in a little while. And as well... As big thanks to our sponsor, HoneyBadger.io. And again, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But first, <laughs> let me introduce you to the rest of the menage a trois of PHP nope, nope, goodness nope. that you're in for nope. tonight. Nope, that's not what it is. This man looked at the cost of a flight on Spirit Airline and said, No way, man, I'm not paying that. And proceeded to strap some bed sheets to his back. And run around a field, John Congdon. <laughs> Where did that come from? So I'm trying to get this straight. My third or fourth. Next, building. we have a man who has a secret room in his house filled with red yarn and cork boards tracking all the Laravel releases <laughs> and trying to understand it all. Tom right up. Hello. Although actually, the corkboard's gotten very simple now since everything I work on is Greenfield because I don't have a job. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I interrupted you interrupting my intro. So, no, not at what all. were you saying? Nothing. It doesn't matter. It does matter. That, that was an amazing it was important opening. enough to interrupt. <laughs> I love the opening. I was just trying to figure out did I get fourth billing, fifth billing, or sixth billing in the. In the grand scheme of things. You know, just be happy you're on the list, man. You're making the list still. You're still there. We're still talking about you. Yeah, you still got your own window here in, in OBS. <laughs> I got bad news for you guys. I, uh, I've i been thinking all day how I was going to tell you this, and I figured we're just going to start the show off. We're going to rip that Band-Aid off, or we're going to get it out of the way right now. You lost this, the other one? Nope. This is, this is it for me. This is going to be my last show. I uh, I will not be doing a podcast anymore. I I purchased my Mega Million lottery ticket mm-hmm, today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is actually up to a billion dollars. So technically, still <coughs> cracks. A billion is a lot of millions. A thousand of them. And yeah. I'm I'm really planning on just winning that tomorrow. So it's been nice knowing you all. Peace out. So, so let's you, wrap up the so, show. We're going to do so, one more show. So you actually wasted money on a lottery ticket. You well, that's just because just because the amount of money that you win goes up does not make your odds any better. It actually probably remains the same. That's my that's my but favorite are my thing odds about the lottery. Better are my odds better if I didn't play? No, they're not. Mm. So the fun they're thing about the lottery. Same. Do you know how do you know how when the the cigarette companies got sued 
and they had to take all this money and start all these ad campaigns against smoking. The lottery is very similar, how the money that you put into the lottery is spent on education, where they're basically just trying to get you to not go in the lottery anymore. Your point being what exactly? After I win, you guys don't want to be my friends anymore? Is that is that what I'm hearing? I will. You, you, you won't. You won't. Approve of the way I, I made my millions. I will. I will literally feel just more obligated to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you pull the what was it? Raisin cane, where you spent eight hours printing fifty thousand tickets. I have no idea what that is. No, I, I'm definitely a random guy. Just give me a ticket so I can get out of here. I guess this. I feel C- dirty. I think the CEO or somebody of. I think it was raising cane. Yeah, so it was. It was raising canes bought 50,000 tickets and has agreed that if they win, they're splitting the money with all the employees. Yes. And, and, and immediately, immediately putting the company out of business. Uh, people in Diego Dev do not get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you want a billion dollars, you could uh, do a little something, something. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. But would you? Yeah, I think he would. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I know, I know Eric. The, the cash out is only six hundred million. Then you got taxes and all that. So, I mean, when it's all said and done, we're really only talking about like maybe three hundred million. Or just don't so, cash out and take your yearly pay. No, that is way worse for you. Thing. Yeah, I hear, I hear that is the wrong way. That to is do absolutely that. the wrong way to do it. <laughs> what do I know? All right, so come on, I got I got scotch in the glass, guys. Scotch in the glass. When this scotch is gone, well, that means, this show that means is you over. know you've so made a good moving. financial decision. <laughs> that money you spent on lottery tickets could have gone to more scotch. You'll notice how smooth things are on the screen right now, how well the intro played. I did something I've been promising to do for a long time. Oh, please tell me you rebuilt your machine. That will that will explain a lot here. So it turns out when an SSD <laughs> runs out of uh, good sectors it just turns into a read-only device, which your operating system is not good at dealing with. So yes, I did rebuild my machine finally. With a new SSD? No, actually, as it turns out, I'm unemployed, so I just borrowed a friend's hard drive. <laughs> like spinning, it wasn't spinning glass. You got fired, was right it? Financial decision? <laughs> well, yes. Okay, I'm going to be real honest with you right now, and I hate to say it right now, because we are pretty far into the show, but your mic's not sounding great. It sounds fine. What are you talking about? It sounds it's fine. fine. I've done. It sounds fine when you keep your voice down. I've done like four <laughs> interviews today on this microphone, so don't even start telling me that. <laughs> how how are the job prospects looking? You know, it's an interesting process. This week has been the first initial interviews. Next week is going to be the secondary and tertiary interviews and the offers. So still, you're still looking for the like IT director or no, no, I passed on that. Those are real hard to come by for somebody who's never done it before. Mm-hmm. And they want you to be real specific about like your knowledge in this area. And they want, they want you to go through scrum manager stuff. <laughs> and like, I don't have all the lingo down all the way. I can say that I was CTO before because I could put any, Thing I wanted on my business card, and yeah. that's what I put. So I'm really just looking uh, to get back into coding. Uh, I've done a, a, some coding tests that I sort of just went, I guess, this thing. Dude, coding tests terrify me. They absolutely terrify me. 
I, well, I don't think I could pass a coding test. I came I came up with a solution for myself, which is to build an empty Laravel uh, installation that has a nice way of displaying a simple application, and it already has a view and Electron installed and ready to go, and already has Tailwinds configured and drawing everything. So I've built up this little... Uh, pretty a fire thing for myself so that my, my tests don't just look like an Excel spreadsheet. So that's, that's, you know, one thing I've been putting my time into. So when you're doing the interview, are you live coding? Like I did your- one live, I did one live coding interview, which was interesting. Now I have to say all of these interviews start with somebody saying, Whoa, got a DJ here. It's nice. That's a, it's a quite a, quite a setup with that microphone. And I say, oh. I say, yes, the first sentence of my resume says I have a podcast I've been doing for 200 and something episodes. And they go, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Anyways. <laughs> and this is like six. So he makes like me a little, little something, something. Five, six times a day. And had one, had one interview that went for about an hour. And then he asked me about my salary expectations. And he said, oh, boy, we can't reach that. And. Yeah, I apologized after. I said <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, and I, I, I was like, I was like, I, I got recommended this position by somebody who knew my salary expectations. How did she not properly communicate that all the way across the line? It was, it was from one person to one other person. So, <laughs> so you wasted an hour, is what you're saying? Yeah, and then a lot of. Or did uh, you learn something from it? I did. He's a, he's a cool guy. A lot of full stack stuff, which I've said explicitly, like to everybody, I don't do full stack. Just you say know? you do full stack. You do full stack. I don't, don't want to. Uh, I don't want to do CSS ever, ever. I hate it. I hate it so much. Even with Tailwinds, which is pretty nice to work with, I just hate it. Flexbox. Have you seen how stupid that thing is? It's. Oh, I don't do front end, so no, I haven't. Yeah, no, it's a core component of front end development, and it's <laughs> stupid. I hate it. And. Uh, and, uh, you know, I got I got code tests that are like, hey, we know you're back end, you know, just throw together whatever front end you want for this. And I was like, all right, boot up Postman. That's your front end. <laughs> hey, man, I was just send, telling you about I'll this. Send you a Postman collection. <laughs> listen to listen to your brother every now and then. Postman was driving me crazy today. Oh, it, was, yeah, it can be a mess. Well, no, it turns out it wasn't Postman, but. No, I mean, working with it, you. Could just drive the person crazy. Yeah, that's true. Debugging an issue with Postman, I'm hitting this post endpoint and I'm getting back a collection as if I did a get. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And I'm fighting it, able to step debug it, even though it's in production because there's a production machine that has xDebug cloud on it. And I get to the part where it's saying, what type of request is this? And it's a get. And I'm like, I don't understand how this is happening this way. I fired up on using curl instead of postman and I get a completely different error and it's just driving me insane. I get somebody else on zoom looking at it with me. They're actually jumping on Cloudflare looking at the logs. It turns out it hasn't been never been caught in this collection that it was HTTP instead of HTTPS. So once it got to Cloudflare and got oh. redirected, it turned into a get I'm like son of a gotta be kidding me. The time I just wasted on that drove me crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, one thing that this experience has taught me is the internet is stupid. Or we're stupid because we don't know what it's doing. No, it's the whole even, internet. Even when we know what it's doing, we just don't think about those things. It's the whole It's the whole thing. You know, companies that hire people, it's awful. Companies that post resumes and jobs, they're just terrible to work with. I'm trying to like sort through who I've got phone calls with. and And I swear the mentality is that the recruiters think that you're the only one that they're talking to. And I've had a, I've had a bunch of people ask me like, sir, look, are you looking at other positions? And I said, well, I just told you I got laid off last Tuesday. So yeah, all of, all of them, there are a lot. And I have phone calls every day, all day and emails every day. Like I get my phone starts ringing at nine o'clock and then I'm working from then on until seven o'clock. It's I've been working more since I got laid off, it's. Would you do? Would you do on site? No. Even no. if it was a mile away from your house. Yep. There's no such thing. There's <laughs> there's nothing a mile away from my house that isn't a bar. Bars need websites. You you would think so. They're surprisingly cheap about it. <laughs> oh well. Good luck with. I the, am the very process. interested. To hear- to follow up on this journey as the weeks go on. Tonight's your last show. Weeks are going to go on. Weeks are not going to go on. It's it's going to be wrapped up. Months. It's going to be wrapped up pretty months quick. Months go on. No, I don't. He's not going to be here anyway to listen to it. So I'm hoping to hear next week about the job you land. Well, he's still editing. That's the thing he hasn't told you. He's he'll he'll win the billion dollars, but he'll still edit the podcast. Oh, good man. luck with that. So, John, I, I meant to ask you, I was, um, you know, we're getting ready to release the next uh, next edition of issue. PHP Architect. Next issue. There you go. Next issue of PHP Architect. We got a lot of great stuff in there. Yes. A lot of great stuff. We've already done a podcast, already released a podcast. And so. it was talked about in our Discord channel. How awesome was that? It was. Yeah. That's pretty cool. People say that they're liking that. It's a lot of work for, for John and I. Like, it's a lot, at least for me, it's a lot of stress because. Oh, you should uh, try getting laid off. It makes things easier around the house. <laughs> the okay, I did the litter box today. It was a very productive day. But uh, I, meant to, I meant to ask you on the podcast that I forgot, the good podcast, the PHP podcast. But who do the you one- think won the pool on how fast a Vim article was going to hit PHP Architect after I started picking articles? Because. You know, I felt like I held out pretty long. I didn't hold out an entire year, but I got pretty close it to an entire close. year. Was yeah. was was there a pool? I don't remember that. I just feel like there would have been. Oh, there like, was. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there would have been a pool on that and LiveWire. LiveWire, I'm working on. You know that I'm using LiveWire now. So you got to write an article. You need money. We pay for articles. <laughs> don't have the time. <laughs> we. Uh, if you're, if you're down with the live wire, man, you need you. You were just talking about configuring those Laravel apps, man. Learn that tall stack. Learn that tall preset. There's a whole preset of tall that does the live wire, Tailwind, Alpine JS for you. Yeah, yeah. And you're up and running. So that's that's one of the things that's in my little like application framework that I built up is uh, live wire and. It's interesting. Yeah, I had an interview where he said, well, you know, do you know Vue or JavaScript or React, stuff like that? And I said, you know, I know it. I just don't do it. But if it's like, if it's something that you just want me to throw together, 
I can do it with with LiveWire and it works just as well. And he said, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what you use. It's just as long as the front-end component gets made. Like, yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> you know, I'll do the whole thing in PHP and say that it's a reactive front-end. <laughs> I could throw uh, it there, like the best of them. Why not? I Eric, could. I how's Codem been for you this more. week? It's fine. Must be I'm nice. Plugging along. Did some te- did, wrote some tests. I know you, you You told me you were doing some testing and asked for some advice. I was very happy to hear you were testing, even down to your value objects. I think you're bad. I'm happy I I'm, I'm, proud. I'm proud of you. <laughs> is this the event sourcing? You say value objects. I hear event sourcing. Yeah, it is. It is event sourcing. Although, I mean, you know, value objects don't need to be, don't need to be event sourcing thing, but yeah. No, they don't at all. Yeah. On the fence on value objects i what i i want to like them like i do want to like them but it's just so much additional code it's not that much it's additional just, code. oh my god i guess it is once you once you're, you start you're, you're, you're once you micromanaging get, your code base at that point no once you get past testing value objects when you get into testing your actual business logic it is so much nicer because Again, as I keep saying, as long as you get a valid object into your class, the value object takes care of validating but, itself. You know, you no longer have to validate, is my address valid? Your value object should do that. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, if I didn't have value objects, which again, I'm, I'm coming around on, but I, I'm not quite there yet as far as you know, embracing him and saying, oh, this is all I'm using moving forward. But if I weren't using that, I would still be validating in my business logic that when I test it... To a point, but take your address, for example. If you use your address in more than one place, now you need validation in more than one place. When you have it in Mm -hmm. 20 places, you're now doing validation across the board versus, oh, if I pass in an address object, it's valid because the validation happened in there. And when it comes to testing, all your doing is saying I'm passing in a mock of this object so I know it's valid and you make sure that all the proper calls are made on it. Yeah, I don't know. I uh I'm getting there. Like you said, I'm I'm getting there. One thing about the the event sourcing that we're doing and again that some of this is self-inflicted as well because I really wanted to do the single responsibility sort of approach with the code because that's, that's a, there's a lot of that in event sourcing. So even like my controllers that I could have easily done, even a resourceful controller, I could have done done that. Even those I'm making just invocable controllers. So there's just like, like just seems like there's so much code littered all over the place to just do one thing. Like, oh yeah, I got to go here. Then I got to go there. And then this has got to invoke this. And this. Once, and you, I'm like, once you embrace that, it is really nice when it comes to not just testing, but maintaining. It's nicer. I understand. I had that same thought. Like, there's so many classes. There's just so much code all over the place. But I went from having class files that had, you know, 2,000 lines to now having class files that have 30 lines. And yeah, it's about nine o'clock in yeah. now. And a lot of the testing you're doing outside of the value objects right now is more integration testing. You're using Laravel's test framework where you're hitting an endpoint. So you're going through all the code. When you start doing unit testing, you need to mock objects. And again, 
the validation piece is already done for you because validation is done on the value object. I'm going to keep beating this drum until it hits home. I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You kind of do. That's fine. Well, you don't really need uh, to, though. That's the I'm thing is, is that Eric is now locked in and required to do it this way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I really had to, because we only have like uh, the main part of the code is event source, but it's like there's like one aggregator right now, I think. Yeah, there's still just one aggregator. So if I really needed to back out, I mean, in theory, I could do that. I really, I feel like I could do that wanting to do that. I have no desire to do that, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of bought into it and I am liking it. Like, peaks and valleys you know i'm loving it something clicks i'm like oh yeah i get this i get this i get this and then yeah i go to do something else and it's like something breaks somewhere it's like crap where did this break oh that's just yeah yeah I, i'm having peaks and valleys but yeah you know you always what, go through that when we need what we learn should, new patterns at some point we should start looking at event sauce testing so you actually unit test your aggregate because with their test framework around it, you set up the aggregate in a certain way. So you can say, given that I've created this thing, given that I've set Oh my values, God, there's more testing? There's more testing. There's always more God. testing. Yeah, but what about you're, you're, the project management? <laughs> Let's just get the application done. We got, we're running out of time. No, don't talk like that. We got plenty of time. We'll get it done. All right. Do you need some help? I've got time on my hands. But do you have money on your hands to pay yourself? And do you know event sourcing? You know I don't. (laughs) You you see the problem here, right? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Funny. All right. Okay, so I have a ticket on my my, uh, Trello board. And I wanted to present you guys with... This is actually something on this project that I'm working on. Like I said, the whole project's not event sourced. But there are event source, there's event source component, but there's also your normal CRUD stuff. And this client that we're working with is, is very accustomed to their customers being able to undelete things and, and roll things back, right? And so, you, you know, historically, and what I implemented was soft deletes, right? This is a very common practice. And in coding and in Laravel, like Laravel, Eloquent is built with the, the concept of soft deletes. So you you really don't have to do a lot of extra work when you use soft deletes. It just kind of Eloquent just kind of magically handles it for you. But I came across this article talking about why soft deletes are probably not worth it, and I just wanted your opinions because I don't think we've ever had this talk. Now I mentioned soft deletes I think a couple weeks ago. And somebody griped at me. I think it was you, Tom. I was like, ugh, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, you know, it's just a thing that I'm doing. I didn't think it was that bad. I love soft deletes. Would have been me. You're, you're a fan uh, of soft deletes. Yeah. Uh, I, I may have been that way. Okay. Only because. So what's, what's your what's your problem with soft, soft deletes? And I'm not going to quiz you on this article because I know uh, you might not have read yeah, it. We'll go in I, general. I, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, where do I start? Buddy. Uh, when I was four. No. <laughs> So I don't use soft deletes per se, but in the application I work on, it, we just don't delete much data. Mm-hmm. Most of that's because reporting breaks when you delete that data. So now we have 
15 plus years of records that are now useless. And we're talking hundreds of millions of records. So it makes queries very slow for for people that have a ton of contacts. Now we're trying to get better as far as indexing and moving things around. But with the current schema of the database, that became problematic because of the way the joins were done. The query was done on the main table, but whether the record was deleted or not was in another table. So now you're joining a table on millions of records and then getting rid of the deleted records. Mm. Again, that's that's a problem with the schema in general, but also having so much data that isn't even being used. Right. So let me let me back up a little bit because I, <coughs> I do I do want to remind us that we're not all everyday developers, and there there might be people listening to the show that don't even know what a soft delete is. So if you're not familiar with what soft deletes are, you understand databases and, and records get written to the database. And when you typically delete a record out of a database, that record is gone. In the world of a soft delete, it doesn't actually go away. You, you have another co- – typically, there's a couple of ways to do it, but the most common way is you have another column – in your table that says deleted at, and you give it a timestamp. And if, if you're looking for a record and it has a deleted at timestamp, then timestamp, then your code treats that record as gone. And it only displays it if you want to display deleted records. And by so default, Eloquent does that, right? It does. Take, right. It, it exactly. takes deleted at as null. Unless you right. So, so if when you do your when you do in Laravel when you do your gets or first or any any database call you do, Eloquent all already accounts for deleted at records and says, okay, I'm not going to show these records because because they're they're deleted. Now you have to enable soft deletes on a model. It, it's not enabled by default, so it is something you have to do. And then if you want to see it, you go. I think it's with trash is what it's called or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So. Uh, so this particular article, and it's in our Discord. Again, if you want to join our Discord, fantastic resource, great people in there. Discord.phbokley.com. Conversation goes on all, all week long. But you know, he basically kind of says some of the drawbacks. And this individual was turned out not to be a fan of soft soft deletes. And yeah, his kind of the way he he puts that kind of hit me the wrong way but i'll, I'll get to that here in a second <laughs> he is so he the, is very the, wrong let's just put that out there the article oh, okay. uh, every every, every argument in the article <laughs> is incorrect no 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 not every uh, article i read i read all the he, he breaks it down into three basic arguments and each each okay, one of them is fundamentally flawed let's talk about that then all right let's 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 talk about the different arguments so <clears throat> so the first i don't know what the first one was i wasn't wasn't expecting to go this way uh so th- okay, the first. Well, let me let me just tell you what I remember. Okay, go ahead. The first argument here is what he calls code leakage, which means that you have to remember to add deleted at is null to all of your queries. He later goes on and says a lot of ORMs handle this for you. So which it's is not what actually an we're issue. talking about with well, it's an right? Issue. Yeah, it's an issue if you're if, yeah, you're if your framework the soft delete yourself. Yeah, the framework well, doesn't support also, it. He does say it is an issue when you're doing those queries 
on the server. Like if if you're if you're doing SQL queries on your server looking for data, it becomes an issue again because then then you have to remember, oh yeah, you know, I I don't want deleted that data. Well, it's hard to forget though because that column that has a value shows up in your results. I mean, yeah, but I, I think it's valid. It's, I think that part's valid when he's when he said that. Sure, it's valid unless you're using an ORM for everything and you're doing it the right but, way, which most sure, people have now. You don't. You don't write any hard-coded SQL? You do everything through an ORM? I do, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I do. It's not even writing hard-coded SQL. We all get to the command prompt and do a MySQL and then start you know, looking through tables and databases. And, and, and you, know what I've, you know what I've run into from that is two of the same record, but one of them is deleted. And identifying and, and you, you and have I, to no, you have to remember I, that. No, but identifying that, oh, there is a bug here I wasn't aware of because one of the records is deleted and the other one isn't, something went wrong, and then I can track down where the thing went wrong because I have well, deleted that as a timestamp. That's fine when you're running a query and you're looking at the results. But if I'm writing a new feature and I do need a query where I write the query out versus using the ORM, mm-hmm. and my test data doesn't have deleted at, I may not see that as I'm writing the feature. Now I put that into you- production. That's leakage you but you wouldn't do that with laravel with laravel you wouldn't just start writing but not queries. everybody's using laravel right you gotta remember right. i mean you could do it with laravel well, you, you, could, you could be doing it with laravel you wouldn't it, that's bad practice okay let's move on so moving on because i'm uh, losing so I'm foreign, losing foreign, foreign keys. key one this is this is what i'm i'm curious about how, how do you feel that this is not a valid issue because i see it well, very because much the first sentence issue. is completely wrong the consequence of soft deletion is that foreign keys are effectively lost that is that's absolutely not true that that's you're right. That's not the true. For, but, you but you get the cascading behavior of foreign keys is lost, but the foreign key is still a valid index that is still used to join data. You're not like losing something functional there. You're getting the so, index still. So this is the problem I have with my database schema is I have to use a foreign key and I'm pulling back three million records and throwing away two and a half million to be left with you know a half million records because mm-hmm. the I'm joining on a table that has soft deletes. Right. And in so the case that, of, in the case of Laravel, if you ever reference a model in, in the case of most RMs that handle soft deletes, you don't do that. Your model automatically accounts for it. But if you are selecting from the main table and you soft delete something on the second table, you have to pull back all of that data. And then when you say, and is and Yes, you do. On, sure you yes, do. you do. No, on yes. any on any model that has the soft delete trait, whenever that table is queried, it'll automatically but reference the, the soft deletes. Right. But the way the query happens on MySQL or any other database is I'm selecting from the main table. I join my second table. If that table has 3 million records in it, MySQL has to scan 3 million records and say, and deleted at is null. Right. That's... That's slow. That's what they're talking about. With you're basically losing foreign keys because you're you still have this major table scan that's happening. Oh yeah, you absolutely have a major table scan. The same is true. That's all if they're you talking just, about. The same is true if you just don't write your database correctly and and have a correct index I, on the things you're searching against. No, uh, I, I agree. You get to ten. You get to ten million records. Things are going to be slow if it's configured incorrectly. That's got nothing to do with soft deletes. Soft deletes are just another feature that you have to account for in your indexing systems. But it's if you have a table that has soft deletes and you don't have an index on your deleted at column, 
that's on you, man. Like you screwed up. Well, no, that's, but in my case, I have a column that says remove that is indexed, but it's still a very slow join between table A and table B because it still has to look through all of those records. It still has to deal with all of the, um, all the conditions in there. Again, pulling only when, so, I, when I say this, when I say this, I'm pulling 3 million records out of the main table and then joining the second table that says, Hey, is this data really deleted or not? It's only so kind it's of like schema. that. It's only kind of like that because in actual practice, a table that has a date stamp, but you're only checking for if it's null is going to have a very fast index on checking for is null. Now, if you were checking for a specific date or date range where something was deleted, yes, that will be slow. But the index on something where you're checking if it's null or not null is actually a very fast index. Right. I keep realizing my my issue is a little different in I'm pulling from table A, but whether it's deleted or not is in table B. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's the issue. In practicality... But I think, I pra- think that's you know, a real issue. That, that is I mean, a real, no, that a real is issue. A real issue. Yeah. Except but it's a schema that issue. usually usually the schema for a soft deleted record is that the parent of all of these things is the one that has the soft delete on it, and all of the relationships to it don't have a soft delete on them. They just get a they, they just get childless or abandoned. Sarah, Sarah has my back. Okay, I think I am going to agree with you on the last one, Tom. As far as uh, pruning data become becomes hard. Uh, yeah, that's the dumbest yeah. argument I've ever heard. Yeah, because I'm, I'm pruning sure pruning data where where deleted at is not null is the easiest way. Like you have it flagged yeah. for pruning. That's what it does. Or, or, or better, better yet, you can even you can even prune things of you know if it's been deleted for over a month, sure. sort of thing, right? You know. So uh, thing I did want to ask you since since you seem very passionate about soft deletes, I'm happy to hear it because I've been on the fence with soft deletes for a long time. I use them. But I'm not sure if I'm happy using them. And I'll tell you exactly why. Because it always ends up biting me in the ass in some form or fashion. When I do data validation and I have a field that needs to be unique, that deleted data still impacts that. So if you have a table where you all the emails need to be unique, for example, or the or name, let's say emails. Emails are easier. And somebody goes in there and soft deletes the record with an email. And later on, somebody tries to insert another record with that same email, that unique uh, validation is going to trigger. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Why is this triggering? That is, I, that know, is both the, a bug and a feature. Okay. The feature, well, the feature being that if somebody deletes a user and the user tries to make an account with the same email again, they will get told no. Uh, but Suppose it's not an email, right? Suppose it's a phone number or a name of an event or, you know, something like that, right? Where, where you know, it's just like maybe you know, one that got deleted is now deleted because it's an event that happened in the past. But next year, Comic-Con is going to be Comic-Con again. So they want another name Comic-Con and so, it won't allow I them mean, because... So far, all the arguments are, but what if I did my schema wrong? Like, that's all... All you guys have said is like, what if I screwed up my schema and now my schema is screwed up and soft deletes exist? That's all the arguments. Don't, I'm, don't I'm screw not sure up how your that, schema. I'm not sure how that's a schema issue. Don't though. put a unique ID on something that could be a duplicate. That's a schema issue. Like, don't say this column must be unique when there could be a Comic-Con happening again after after you delete last year's. It's Now, here's, here's, here's my biggest issue 
with the end of the article where the person you have so many issues. The person clearly isn't thinking things through. He says very clearly, when I worked at Stripe, we used soft deletion. And Heroku. Yeah. Yeah, this is the this is this is the statement that killed so, me. He's like, hey, in all my time working at these big companies, we've never, never actually used like, it. You know what Stripe yeah. is required to do is keep all data that's sent because they're processing transactions. So if a record is deleted, you have to keep that information because it's an audit log for money. Just the you, fact you're that not, you're you're you not around this? You not being in the auditing you not being in the auditing department. Say the words. Say the words, John. Event source. What, event source, an alternate version of soft deletion, where all the data still exists, but there's an event that occurred that calls it deleted. Exactly. It's the same thing. You just have it you have it stored in the column instead of stored in an event I, table. Until you want to do what Eric's talking about, where he's like, well, I'm going to have another. When I go to see if it already exists, it doesn't exist because it's been deleted. Well, you know, that's the thing about event sourcing is it leads to code leakage, a losing your foreign keys, and pruning data gets hard. <laughs> so is there going to be a lot of classes? This is why I don't like the article because he says that when I worked at Strife, we used, we used soft deletion. And as far as I'm aware, never once in 10 plus years did anyone at any of those places ever actually use soft deletion to undelete something. You stated you have a client who requires soft deletion to undelete stuff because their customers do it. So who cares what this guy says? <laughs> like it's a requirement of the project because that's what customer so, customers do undelete stuff. And I'm sorry that like you weren't in the auditing department where you were going through the logs of deleted things and making sure that the transactions were actually functioning correctly. But somebody at Stripe definitely looked at the deleted items on a regular basis to make sure things were being processed and handled correctly. Like that's, you didn't do it, but that doesn't mean someone didn't do it. I've generated plenty of reports about deleted items. I've undeleted stuff. Right. Well, what, what's your opinion, his alternative method of having a separate table for, for, a, for it, to host all your deleted it, information? It is an amazing claim given that he just said, it ruins your foreign keys, pruning data is hard, and there's code leakage. Because he's basically saying, dump it into the trash can and don't ever look at the trash can again unless you absolutely have to. Which loses all concept of foreign keys, pruning data. It's just like, no, nah, now we have a garbage can. And when you delete something, it actually writes several new records to a new table that no one references. Like, but, but it does stop the things he's talking about. It doesn't stop the foreign key issue. It doesn't stop. The- yes, it does. It no. stops that. It stops the data leak, the co- the, the leakage. No, but it now you have a new. Log- now you have a new leakage. Is when you delete something, you have to have a mirror but, table that doesn't have foreign in, keys against the, the other child data that is referenced. But the point is, you're not referencing that table. There so have why have a- the table? So if you want to get the data back, you can get it but back. But in 10 years, he's never needed the data back. <laughs> you got a point there. I'm not saying you're wrong in that. In that he respect. invented a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. And the solution is, but let's make more the, tables and fracture the database even further. The important thing to take away from all this, Tom, is you know what a good solution is? This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. 
Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? A fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time. Not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thank you, HoneyBadger. Thank you, HoneyBadger. What's that? Thank you, Honey Badger. (laughs) Holy crap, we're having some behind-the-scene conversation. What the hell happened to Honey Badger? It's the short one again. It's the 15-second one. Well, that would have been good to know going into this. (laughs) The Honey Badger ad this week is the short one. Okay, thank you. I'll I'll make a mental note of that when we get to it. Yeah, when I uh, ended up rebuilding my system, I think I I lost the the old video. (laughs) Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. You couldn't have lost the old video. It's in Dropbox. Did you soft delete it? Maybe could that have been the problem? Maybe you soft deleted it. I'll find it. No, and one of the great things here is the the complete lack of understanding for why people soft delete stuff. Like total, it's soft deletion is not just for deleting it but keeping it hidden. It's it can be used in many ways that are not necessarily deleted. It can be expired data that you still want to keep but you want to run reports on your expired data versus your current data where you can use the trash variable for it. You know, I've, I've had situations where I've used deleted at for events that have concluded and I'm generating based off of a concluded situation around an event. All data is bad. It's not the people that are bad at it. Sarah, Sarah. No. Goldman, who's in our discord. She's not in Actually, Discord. Actually, Sarah's in YouTube. her YouTube, yeah. But, you know, it, it all comes to Discord. She, she's in Discord. She just chooses, you know, not join us. It's Yet another platform fine. she's banned from. I'm wondering if she read last month's PHP Architect that had our little MongoDB article in it. Because that was a good one. Did I already, did I already do a pitch for PHP Architect? I feel like I did. We did a little I bit. But we didn't, talk, we didn't talk about how awesome it is. And we're going to be doing... Final final layout tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. Well, and then we also have graph database next month, which is really cool. There's so many good articles next month. Yeah, really are. We we talked about we've been talking a lot about Git on the show and specifically Git bisect. But there's who Git did Rich. it now? Was it Chris or Joe? Chris. Chris. Chris T- Tink- Tinkersley does yep. a, a Git article with a Git rebase and workflow, which is, again, something we've talked about in the show way back. Today. We've talked about both those, rebasing and work workflows. Uh, I think, again, Sarah Goldman is a big uh, Git workflow user work as tree. well. Worktree, you're right. Not workflow, worktree. Thank you for that. I was going to say, yeah, there's no such thing as Git workflow. Git flow. What do you know? You're unemployed. Shut up! <laughs> That felt a little aggressive. <laughs> that was <me>. apologize. <laughs> Don't make him cry on the show. Wait till afterwards. <laughs> Do it in Rocket League. <sighs> All right. That's right. Tom, you have a bunch okay. of stuff on yours, too. I do. I have some really bad news. You're going to win the lottery, too? 
Well, I know the first thing I'd do if I won the lottery, bring back the goddamn, bring back the Choco Taco. <laughs> nah. I saw this. I saw this in your Trello board. I'm like, what the hell is a Choco Taco? What What is this? I've thing? not had a Choco Taco. I have never had this. I didn't even know this was real. I thought this was just No, it's not. Like, it's amazingly good. It's so good. It should be outlawed. But instead of outlawing it, they just they're just going to stop making it. It is one of my favorite ice cream treats, but there is a there is a dark side to the Choco Taco. Yeah, it's chocolate. That's the dark side. No, it is it is a couple bites, and it sits at around two hundred and twenty calories and eight grams of saturated fat. It is it is so bad for you. <laughs> You don't see like skinny people eating choco tacos. Let's just say that. Like you see me eating choco tacos, but there's no like the guy who's jogging for exercise in the morning, not a choco taco fan. <laughs> You're muted, John. Sorry. I did find a way for you to make choco tacos at home. There you go. Yeah. The but they're vegan. Which makes them amazing. <laughs> not my word, but there you go. Guess what? There's been an update to Laravel. All right, next. <laughs> Are you angry about the, that? The artisan serve no. command has been redesigned, so it's no longer parsable by anything that you had previously. <laughs> Gotta get some more of that red yarn. I got that from. I got that from my kid. I forget what. You know, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. You, in fact, responded to somebody on Twitter complaining about the update cycle for Laravel as well. I'm not. No, no, I I responded that they're going to take your spot on the show whenever you leave because he was he was complaining about the fact that uh, it's so difficult. That it ruined his week. It It ruined his week. An update from like nine two two or nine two one to nine two two. Ruined his fucking week. That's ridiculous. You're you're reading a lot into it, but yes, he he, he admitted, and I've admitted that that using Laravel, you're making a commitment to to staying nimble. You're, you're gonna you're gonna stay nimble, man. You're staying nimble. agile. That's what we call agile in the PHP world. Nope. Using Laravel, you know, and I stand behind the fact. I stand behind the fact that anybody anybody who says will. Keeping your keeping your your applications up to date with Laravel isn't that hard if you just run Composer upgrade every week. Proves to me that you don't understand enterprise and Laravel <laughs> is not enterprise ready. Okay, dude, I I'm like yeah, you're updating it, your you're updating will, your WordPress I clone. I don't care. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm generating PDFs from JSON fetched from eight sources and parsing it out. And when you change the well, goddamn JSON parser in a minor version so that I can no longer do that, that is not enterprise. That is backwards breaking in a minor not version. That, anybody who's worked enterprise, anybody who's worked enterprise knows it takes like a month to get a patch pushed push through. And that's like two or three weeks of change management board meetings you have to sit through to prove that those patches are good. So if you yeah. stand behind Laravel's release cycle, you also are standing behind the fact that Laravel is not "quote unquote" enterprise. Now, I'm not saying you can't use it in the print enterprise. I'm not saying it's not good code. 
I'm saying it's not enterprise. And okay, that's one of the reasons. Yes, and and this, you know, yes, it is funny for me to complain about the formatting for the artisan serve command changing, being bat not backwards compatible. But there's one guy out there who has a project that parsed all of that output from the artisan serve command or from the artisan from all the artisan commands. There's one guy out there who's absolutely screwed now because it's it's this totally new dynamic style and he has to completely rewrite his parser. It's just frustrating. And <laughs> I've got a solution. Don't use Laravel. I tell you what, I've had... Uh, you throw out vegan Choco Tacos and say don't use Laravel. <laughs> our, our, our ratings are just in <laughs> the plummet. freaking dump this week. The, uh, God! Here's, here's a change. One of the changes that's in the changelog but not listed on uh, Laravel News. Round milliseconds in console output runtime. Oh, good. That was really called for. We needed that. We needed you to start rounding absolute numbers into totally random, not new... I don't feel like you're being genuine in that. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. And I just it's just it's frustrating. And I've had I've had phone call after phone call where they say, "Well, tell me about Laravel." And I have to just say like, "Well, the last the I last Taylor the last few, <laughs> I met Taylor. I ran away, ran away. Uh, like the last few years, I've gotten more and more frustrated with some of the issues that Laravel has." And they go, oh, what are what are those issues? And I said, God damn it! Listen to the fucking podcast if you care. <laughs> it's become a Patreon supporter, and you would know this. Speaking of our Patreon, speaking of our Patreons, let's talk about our Patreons for a minute because one of my kids really, really wants to do a D and D with us. I meant to t- talk to you guys. About I heard this. about are, this. Either one of you guys into D and D? In theory, uh, <laughs> it, I, I want to be. I played uh-huh. in high school a few times and I enjoyed it until I got in trouble and I wasn't allowed to hang out with my friend because of he was a kleptomaniac and oh, then I got married. It's where that's could, a, where that's could this the go? worst type of maniac to be. And then my, and then my wife said no <laughs> for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, You're not you, you might have to get a reprieve from that, John, because uh, they really want us to do a D and D campaign, like a, I guess it's called a one shot, where it's not like an ongoing thing. And I'm thinking about streaming streaming that to our Patreon people. So we always said we weren't going to like separate our content from the Patreons to you know what we give everybody who who wants to view the show. But I think this is like kind of a separate thing, right? This is not us talking PHP or anything like that. This is like this thing that I really don't want a public record of. So yeah, yeah. really want to <laughs> softly like... it as fast as possible. Wait, do softly. We have, to, we have to dress up when we play? Because that's the other thing my well, wife I don't have to. to. I mean I wasn't playing on wearing any clothes, but you know that's just me personally. Oh, so wait, yeah. is this strip dandy? Patreon only fans. That's what I'm saying. Strip D no. has gotten people into a lot of trouble. I'll just let you know that right uh, away. So all our Patreon supporters out there, first, thank you. Thank you for supporting us. It has, I mean, literally has changed the show. We, we, we were able to kind of invest in some nicer equipment, things like that. So, and it keeps us going yeah. as well. We I, actually, I do appreciate not it. many people have noticed, but we replaced John with an AI. There was, yeah, there was the one episode exactly. where he was broken and didn't say anything for the entire episode. <laughs> but after that, we got it fixed up and it's working out great. Yeah, it was just a soft delete we missed. Yeah. We fixed it up. Yeah, it fine. no, it's, I got some code leakage or whatever that fucking means. 
<laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how, how to live stream it just for the Patreon people. Once I figure that out, maybe we'll make that happen. It's not a super high priority for us, but my my kids will not let this go. So I feel like this is going to have to be one of those things that just like all those stupid elementary ballets I had to sit through in the violin classes. Yeah, I'm going to have to do this as well. Despite the fact that they're both freaking adults. But. I remember my first high school band performance where after 45 minutes, the teacher can, like thanked everyone for coming. And I was like, wait, what? We're leaving now? It hasn't been four hours. <laughs> oh. uh, I, had a, I had an elementary school band concert where each student had a written thing that they wanted to say to the audience before they started their solo. Oh and every God. student did a solo. I have to say, I, I joke about it, but I hate to be that person, but my kids were actually pretty talented, so it was hard not to enjoy it. But you had to sit through everybody well, that's else's always the, stuff. That's the bummer, everybody though. Everybody else was crap. That's the bummer, though, is that when they're like elementary school, you're like, God, my kids are so talented. They're really, like, I can't imagine what they're going to be like as teenagers. And then their teenagers are like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you were so talented. What are you doing? What are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. What is that in your nose? Can we get through this phase already? Really glad you like Four loco, but it's not like a daily drink. <laughs> it's not a breakfast drink for sure. You should not no, be drinking no. that when you wake up. No. <laughs> but hey, no, kids are great. Yeah, your lawyer makes you say that. Right? Yep. <laughs> Three times a day. It's like, uh, it's how it's I, how it's good for brushing my teeth. I say, oh, having kids is... Such a blessing. And then I go brush my teeth. Get that taste out of your mouth. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we good? Are we Uh, done? Where are we at on time? I feel like we've talked enough. Wow. You're just at an hour. So after we cut out all the uh, hands. I've got got this little little thing. Sure. The, uh, The only Linux command you need to know. Did you read this? Oh, at all? I cheated on this. I did read this. Well, cheated is the right I word because have... the, ter- the the command is cheat. That's right. So, so let's put this in Discord. And I, so I I read this article. I explained it. Explain it, Tom. You explain it, and then then I'll, I'll man man files are your standard way of understanding a command in Linux, but they're really written for and by college professors. So they can be a bit dry and usually don't have good examples of what you want to do. The Linux cheat command just gives you commented examples of like, hey, if you're trying to do this, here's the command for it. If you're trying to do this, here's a different command for it. So it's just the examples without the like eight pages of, of text about how cat works. Cat is a command that just reads text and streams it out to your console. The man page for it is like 14 pages. Also, the term is man cat, which is great. Right. So, so, so you're going to explain what cheat does? Well, yeah. So cheat gives you cheat sheets. It has cheat sheets for all the standard Linux commands, and it gives you what you would expect a cheat sheet to look like. Right. So it read this. I'm like, hey, I remember using something like this, but it wasn't called cheat. I downloaded it. I installed it. It's, it's just a bash script. It's not like you're, you're doing a bunch of uh, a really complicated install. But I installed it. I'm like, man, I remember doing something like this, but I remember I had it 
configured in my ZSHRC file. Like it was a function I had created. So I did some research and then I started doing some side-by-side testing. So if you go to cheat.sh, right? This is that on steroids. And I'll explain here in a minute. So when I did my side-by-side testing, what cheat gave you and what cheat.sh did does gives you cheat gave you like the first portion of cheat.sh and then cheat.sh gives you other variations now where cheat.sh shines is that you can even do things like php array and they'll explain to you what arrays are in php or go array or go or you know anything you know any a language so cheat the application that Tom was talking about is really focused on Linux commands like zip, cat, tar, you know, those sort of commands. Cheat.sh expands that to programming languages and the functionality in those programming languages. So what really gets cool is that uh, the API for this is just curl. This is this is what Ring you know started memory is like oh that's right i had this as a function in my zsh file where it would curl and then i could pass it the arguments that i wanted to pass it super simple and actually very helpful it's it's kind of here let me add this to yeah, if you, if you well. want a good example check out the uh, cheat sheet for awk awk because that's a command that, that one gets me all the every, time. Yeah, constantly. it's one of the every time I go to use it, I have to Google for it. It's one of the best commands in Linux, but boy, it drives yeah. me nuts. I just have no clue how to use it when it comes up. But you, the thing to know is to know it exists, to know how to search for it. Yeah, just having the cheat sheet doesn't necessarily help you per se, but it would be nice to have once you know the the command exists. You can install it through Go, which is nice. I've been learning Go. It's one of the one of the things on my list of things to teach myself. And how's that going for you? You need, you need to teach yourself a little Rust. Too, easy man. enough. Rust, Rust, and Lua. Well, apparently Carbon's the hot new thing. It's the language Google released six days ago, and it's already Carbon. Carbon. Yeah, Google's real good at naming languages. Go, Carbon. You know, stuff that exists and turns search results for other stuff. But uh, yeah, people are already seeing resume like requests for 10 years experience in carbon. Like, no, it's. So this is a C++ replacement. That's the intention. Well, Google is so historically popular for supporting their products for so many yeah, years. Yeah. That's, Buttery says Carbon will die the same death all Google languages do, but isn't Go a Google language? Yes. Is it already dead? I don't know. I don't follow it. It's like a year and a half old. Usually Google, no, usually Google so, gives Google, them like three years. Google's Go is a lot older than that. Yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can just tell you in a second. But how would you do that? Oh, no, it is. First appeared November 2009. It's oh, 12 wow, years old. old but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I did not expect uh, that in the I, slightest. I like, I like Go, but I have little I've done with it. Like I, I've tried a few times. I like it, but I got to be honest. I feel like I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's either I'm really bad at computer science and it's teaching me 
good practices that I should appreciate. But I feel like it's like teaching me, taught me like bad practices. I don't know. It was weird. It's like, this just doesn't feel like it should work. And it's weird that it does work. And I guess that's good, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel good. Kind of like, yeah. I haven't researched it at all. What would you use Go for? Or what do people use Go for? It's a compiled language. Okay. Yeah, it's a very good go. compiler, very fast, very quick to write. So my those those like lazy git and lazy docker, those are all written in Go. There's a lot of stuff written well, in Go. Well, cheat is of written in Go, apps. which is why I brought it up. Yeah, a lot of a lot of terminal apps nowadays get written in Go frequently, so I like it. I want to. I want to embrace. It. I really got to embrace something. Like I, I really want to. I. I, I know. Embrace I, event I sourcing said this and testing so much, but I really want to contribute to internals. I need to. Get, I, saw, I need to understand. I swear to God, I saw some job postings that said shit like, "Hey, we all know that PHP is dying, but uh, if you still support it, we're looking for you." And I'm like, oh. and I'm like yeah, that's who you want to work yeah, for. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great opportunity. <laughs> you asshole. How did you manage Kubernetes that? Is written in Go? Did not know that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so dumb. To say that odd an application on like a page where you're looking for PHP developers. Hey, you know you're working in a dying language, right? Anyways, come work for us. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. All right, I think that's it. Are we good? Do we have more to talk mm-hmm. about? I think we've I think we've talked enough. Tom, you good? I'm yeah, good. I'm good. I mean, I, I think don't have Discord? don't have a Discord? job. Are we good? Don't have a job yet. Still good. Yeah. You got nothing to wake up for tomorrow morning. Nope. You're, you're fine. You can do this all night. I haven't woken up in the morning in a long time now, actually. Oh, <laughs> well, you look like you're still showering, so that's a uh, good that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's a sign of being married. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, my wife is being very supportive, except for my showering habits. She still insists. So I'm running out of baseball caps to wear. I've been wearing a different baseball cap every week. I noticed. And and I'm getting down to, I'm either going to have to start cycling back through, which I'm fine with doing, or I'm going to have to start wearing old baseball, my old baseball team caps, because that's pretty much all I have left is just old baseball teams. So you're saying a PHP for. ugly hat is in the works. I need something like I have like a cowboy hat I've been wearing a lot lately because I've been working outside. It's got the brim around. Uh, but yeah, I made them caps, man. I'm not a caps. I need to. I need to come up with a cap idea. Maybe I'll, maybe that's what I'll do this week. Give me, give me, give me your cap ideas, people. But besides that, that's it. That's something to look forward forward to in episode 297. But for 296, we're gonna call it a day, a night, a week. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm unemployed. Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shouts out to 
PHP, the ugly It's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living? Web applications, okay I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming You can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments They got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing Keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying It's lovely, let's go Yeah <laughs>